what the word of God says about giving. And my desire is that we open up our hearts. You know, whenever people begin to talk about giving, the first thing that comes to people's mind is, oh, you know, all the negativity that I've been seen or I've been taught about giving. And my attempt is to help us to understand what the Bible teaches about giving. Not only giving, but how to give and how to receive. Hallelujah. The Bible is oftentimes misinterpreted when it comes to giving. For example, now, Luke chapter 6. Give me Luke chapter 6 verse 38. One of the passages that has been used in, in teaching about giving. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give. No, give me King James or the NLT. Uh, the New King James. It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the measure, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Hallelujah. And so sometimes when this scripture is, 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 is read and then we are motivated, you know, and then we are taught the reason to give from maybe that understanding we have. Give and then it will be given to you. Hallelujah. So when the interpretation of texts like this and others, we know many of them, is wrong, you know, our worship cannot be accurate. Our worship cannot be right. When scripture is not adequately and properly interpreted, the application of it will be wrong. Our response to scripture, which is worship, will be wrong. Hallelujah. Therefore, it is important that we keenly study together so that our worship can be appropriate. Now, many believers do not understand why. The why. Why do we give? Why do I have to give? Why do we give as, as believers? Why should we give? How they should give? The why, the how, the when, and even the who. Who should we give to? And then one part of you know the equation that becomes very paramount is that we, we we don't even know how to receive we don't even know what is the blessings of receiving we don't even know how to receive it is important that we know how to receive it's one thing to know how to give and also it's another thing to learn how to receive hallelujah receive from god and also receive from men hallelujah hallelujah Amen. receive from who how to receive from god and also how to do what? How to receive from men. Let me even go out of my, 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 myself. Let me be faster than myself. See, whatever prayer you are praying for, right? Whatever solution you are trusting God for in this life can come from God but only through men. Hallelujah. What did I say? Your solution, all the things you've been praying for, the fasting and prayers you've been fasting and praying for, the things you've been requesting from God, they can only come to, 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 to you but through men. So when you ignore men, you are ignoring God's system for meeting your needs. Hallelujah. Therefore, it is necessary that we understand how to value men, understand how to receive even from men. So many of us have prayed and prayed and prayed and then we've asked God for things. And it seems as though God is, is not responding to our needs. But God has made your needs available. 
He has made all that you ever need. And what you will need available. And it's, 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 it is with men. So when you ignore men, you ignore God's system for making provision available for you. Hallelujah. So it is necessary that we, we learn how to receive. We also learn how to ask. We learn how to receive. And we understand the blessings that comes with receiving and also with, with, with giving. Hallelujah. Now as a church leadership, we have created platforms as a culture, as a tradition, where giving and receiving is possible. Hallelujah. Every Sunday we come here, we ask, we give offerings, right? We give weekly offerings, you know, and then we also have what we call the food bank where people bring in food. People give and also people receive. Amen. I know many people that have benefited from that, that infrastructure that have been made available to give and to receive. The cloth bank is one of the provisions the church has made available for people to receive and also to give. And we normally do the annual giving here in church, which I believe that very soon, you know, we'll do again. You know, all these are things that we put in place as a church to ensure that giving and receiving is possible. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, where we read earlier on. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. And I will prefer the New King James Version. By the grace of God, I'm just going to lay a foundation and then we'll go into it as we go deeper. You have more clarity on this subject matter. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. It says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, and now at last your care for me has flourished again. This is Paul, you know, writing. In response to an act of giving. Hallelujah. He was, he was giving. And then he's, 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 he's writing in response. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked the opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to the need. For I have learned in whatever state to be what? To be content. You see, contentment is a gift that once you are able to operate in, it normalizes, it makes your life simple. Hallelujah. The reason why many of us are struggling in life today is because we are not content with where we are, with what we have. The Bible says that godliness and contentment is what? Is, is, is great gain. It's not just gain, but it's great gain. Verse, verse 12. I know how to be abased that is, I know how to lack. I know how to, to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned. But to be full and to be hungry. But to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through who? Through Christ who strengthens me. Now, kindly note that I can do all things here in verse 13. Is contextually referring to verse 12 and verse 12, verse 11 and verse 12. Amen. Now, when you see all in scripture, it's not always all. Because there's a conversation happening here. Hallelujah. Oftentimes, you know, we pick verses like this and we apply it on everything. I can do all things. For example, now you went to write exams, you didn't read, you say, I can do all things, you will fail the exams. That is not the all things that is being spoken here. Hallelujah. 
There's a background, there's a context to what Paul is saying. So let's go back to verse 11 and see the all things Paul is talking about here. Verse 11, give me verse 11. He says, not that I speak in regard to what? To need, for I have learned in whatever state to be what? To be content. So he can be content. Hallelujah. This is the all things he's talking about here. So you as a believer has the ability in you to be content with what you have. Hallelujah. Now verse 12, let's look at verse 12 and see the all things. I know how to be abased. That means he know how to, 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 to even in lack. He knows how to live. Some of us, our lifestyle cannot be supported by our, by our income. The things we desire to have cannot be supplied by even our means of getting them. But Paul here is saying oh, that he has known how to, 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 to be abased. And I know how to be abound. That is, he knows how to, to, to live in much. If the lack of and the presence of resources in your life affects your relationship with God, then something is wrong with you. Hallelujah. It means that you are not healthy spiritually. When you have money, it affects your relationship with God. When you, oh, when you don't have money, it also affects your relationship with God. That means there's a problem with you. That, that's not a balanced life. Hallelujah. So in all situations, in plenty or in lack, we are content. We are stable. Sometimes when you don't have, that's when your prayer life becomes fervent. That's when you begin to, you know, you know how to pray. You fast. The moment, just, just, just $500 enter your account. You feel as though you don't need God again. Everything is okay. You smile as though, you know, you've won the entire world. And when that money finishes now, you resume your spiritual life again. You now remember there is a God to pray to. And there is a God to answer. It means that something is wrong with you. Hallelujah. So, Paul here has learned to live in both extremes. Amen. There are times that he walks with his hand to supply his needs by himself. And there are times that people supported him when he's in luck. Hallelujah. So the call that we have as believers, there's no guarantee for constant, there's no guarantee that you will always, listen, there's no guarantee that you always have money in your pocket as a Christian. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ was very plain. If you leave houses, you leave, you leave property, you leave everything for my sake, you gain what? How did the Bible, how did the scripture put it? You get a hundredfold, right? Together with what? With persecution. It's part of what God has made it. Jesus made it clear. For as many as desire to live righteous life, they will do what they will be persecuted. So this contract that we have, if it's even a contract, is very, the terms are very plain for us. Hallelujah. But then Paul is saying that I have learned to what to live comfortably in both ends. For I have learned in whatsoever what state I am to be what to be content. Verse 12. In all things I have learned but to be full and to be hungry, but to abound and to suffer need. Hallelujah. Now verse 13. I can do all things. Say I can do all things. Now, do you understand the all things? I can do all things. Through Christ, who what? Who strengthens me? Which means that for you to be, you know, content, it has to be with the strength that comes from within. And it's the strength which Christ supplies. Hallelujah. Verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Hallelujah. Verse 15, which is the basis 
which is a verse, a key verse upon which I'm going to, you know, start this series. It says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. Hallelujah. Now, many times, you know, when people read this verse, you know, in the Old King James, it says, give, do you have the Old King James? Let's see it in the Old King James. now Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia no church communicated with me as concerning receiving concerning giving and receiving but ye only. Hallelujah. So many times when this verse is, 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 is tried to be you know explained, communicated with me concerning giving and receiving you know many people think that you know the Philippians gave and they received. Peripherally, that is what it may speak. It does not mean the Philippians gave and they received in return. This is a common misconception or misinterpretation of this verse. Hallelujah. Now, for example, now the contemporary English version, one of the translations, this is the way it put it. It says, my friends at Philippi, you remember that it was like what it was like when I started preaching the good news in Macedonia. After I left there, you were the only church that became my partner by giving blessings and by receiving them in return. This is a wrong translation of this verse. Hallelujah. They didn't give and receive. No, no, no. That's not what this verse is saying. Hallelujah. Now the verse rather means that the Philippians gave and Paul received. Hallelujah. These are two different things. Amen? It's not that they give and then they receive blessings from God, but rather they give and what happened? And Paul received their giving. It's very important. Hallelujah. So we are going to be learning about giving and how to receive. Giving and what? And receiving. Hallelujah. Paul made reference to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, chapter 11. Give it 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 8 and 9. We'll see where Paul made reference to this that they did for him. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 8 and 9. Say, I rob other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. That is Paul talking to the Corinthian church here. Now, verse 9. And when I present, when I was present with you and in need, I was a burden to no one for what I lack. The brethren from where? From Macedonia supplied. And in everything I kept myself from being, a, from being burdensome to you. And so I will keep myself. Hallelujah. So Paul is telling the Corinthians here that, see, when I was with you, the brethren from Macedonia, that is the church in Philippi, Right? They supplied my needs, which means that they gave and what? And Paul was sustained by the giving of the Macedonian church. Hallelujah. It's very important we establish it. So they gave and what? And Paul received. Hallelujah. So now, in understanding giving and receiving, it is fundamental we begin from our identity. Amen? Our identity as believers. That is the genesis of giving and receiving. And we are who we are because of what Christ has done for us. Our identity is the identity of who? Of Christ. Now the nature and the character of God is very important 
for us to understand giving and receiving. Hallelujah. So briefly, let's begin by looking at the character of God, which will educate us on how to give. Because God is the perfect example of giving and receiving. Amen. God is what? Is a perfect example of what? Of giving. Let's not even talk about receiving. God is a perfect example of what? Of giving. He set the standard for us in giving. So if you want to learn about what giving is, you must look at the life of God, which is a life that you have in you. Hallelujah. To give. So first and foremost, God is a generous God. Amen. God's character is what? Is generosity. God's character is what? Is generosity. James chapter 1 verse 5, the Amplified, briefly. If we must learn how to give, we must learn how to give from the character of God. James chapter 1 verse 5, the Amplified. If any of you lack wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God. Hallelujah. It called him what? The benevolent God. The classic amplified said the giving God. Acts of the giving God. Which means that the God we serve is what? Is a giving God. Giving is his nature. Hallelujah. He is a giving God. Who gives to everyone how? Liberally. And ungrudgingly. He doesn't give you and then he's complaining he doesn't look at your color or your, your nationality or what you've done or what you've not done before giving you. Amen. He gives how? He gives liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach or fault finding and will be giving him. That is the nature and the character of the God that we serve. He gives to all men without finding fault. Which means that he doesn't look at you and look at what you've done yesterday before he gives you. Hallelujah. So first and foremost, oftentimes I said, you know, many believers get anxious as a result of misconception or misunderstanding about the character of God. God is a giving God and he is good. Hallelujah. God is good at all times. God is good at all times, irrespective of what you experience and what you're passing through. God is faithful and God is good. Hallelujah. Now, the Greek construct, as we see in the Amplified, represents in the Amplified version half the adjective giving before the God, like let him ask of the giving God, the God who gives always. His nature always is to give. Right from the foundation of the world, he gives. Hallelujah. The word giveth implies an offering. It implies an offering that he gives. He has given. He, it implies an offering. It implies that in God's character, he doesn't tax for requirement but makes available. He gives out generously. He gives without condition. There's no condition attached to his giving. The word liberally implies single-mindedness. It means that he doesn't have, he's not giving you with an ulterior motive. Sometimes we give to people because we know that. You know that passage we read? Give and to be given to you. Press down, shaking together, run over and some translation will make you look so beautiful. Hallelujah. That is not the ulterior motive of God's giving. God gives with the, with the recipient at heart. Hallelujah. 
he gives liberally it is therefore clear that God is single-minded on giving he will only give expecting nothing in return this means before we ask God has made available hallelujah all that you ever need is available in Christ it was given even before you were created hallelujah that is the nature and the character of God. He is generous in his nature, in his character. The word umbrate or braided not in the King James, as we see, you know, implies to be to, to, to pre-qualify or to see fault. It is used for reproach. However, God does not find fault or reject. He doesn't look at what you do. He doesn't even look at your intentions before for say that intention of, of wrongdoing before he gives you. You know, some of us. Our parents could give us because we are in our best, best moments of behavior. When we are growing up, you know, sometimes parents will buy you gifts when they travel. Because I know, ah, my son Kola has been, has been a good boy. So I'll buy him this shoe, right? Or I'll buy him this gift. I'll do that to him. But God doesn't look at our good behavior before he gives us. Because you know what? While we were yet sinners, what did he do? He gave. That is his nature. He has that ability in him to give even without looking at the condition of the recipient. Whether he is loyal or unloyal. He gives to all mankind. Hallelujah. Now the only thing God takes away is sin. Amen. The only thing that God takes away from a believer is sin. And even in taking away sin, he gives us something. He gives us eternal life. Hallelujah. So actually taking away sin is actually giving us his life. So God does not take but he gives. I know in somebody's mind will be asking, ah, what about that scripture that says God has given and God has taken? Bless, bless and what? Blessed be the name of the Lord. We'll talk about that subsequently. But I want you to hold that thought. Agree with me, right? That this is the character of God. God gives and he gives generously. And God does not take. And what God takes is that he took away our sins and he gave us his life. Hallelujah. So when something bad happened to you, don't say it's God that he's punishing you for what, is, what you've done or what you've not done. Hallelujah. If someone dies, don't say it's God that, that, uh, that God takes this person away from me. Are you now saying that God is the, is the sponsor of evil? Hallelujah. We're going to talk about that subsequently and see the nature and the character of God. So God's character does not change. James 1.17, his character of being a giver does not change. He does not change. If God changes in his character, he is not God. Hallelujah. James 1.17 amplified. So if God's character does not change, it means that we can trust him. We can trust what he says. We can trust what he says that he will do. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from where? Is from above. So anything good is from where? Is from above. It comes down from the father of lights, the creator and the sustainer of what? Yes. This of every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and the sustainer of the world, of the heavens, in whom there is no variation. 
in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. Hallelujah. He never what? He never changes. As I often say, recession does not change the character of God. Political dispensations does not change the character of God. God is faithful always. Regime changes does not change the character of God. Amen. Seasons, winter, you know, some of us are very vibrant in the summer. When it comes to the winter, mm, that is not the nature and the character of God. God is changeless. God is perfect. He's stable in his conduct and his character. So we can trust him. Now the word variableness was translated from the word that implies a variation, a change, a mutation, or something that is enhanced. God cannot be improved in his character. God cannot improve his character. Hallelujah. God cannot mutate like the way COVID-19 is changing, right? It's changing to another variant. God does not change with season. Amen? So we can trust his character of what? Of being a giver. Hallelujah. He does not decrease or increase in his nature, in his character. One of the wrong notions we have is that when we think of God, you know, one of the things we think of God is that God changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and what? And forever he will be who he is. That is what makes him God. The word turning implies a shift or to change. Oh, God has changed his mind concerning me. Some of us, you know, it seems as though because of our experiences, it makes us begin to question God. Have you, God, have you forgotten about me? Have you changed your thoughts and your plans concerning me? No, God does not change. Hallelujah. In his character, he does not change because he's God. So the next thing about God in looking at his character is that God gives to those who doesn't deserve it. Amen. He, give, he gives to those who what? Who does not deserve it. If you deserved the giving of God, then you don't need salvation. Because even before you ask for it, he gave you. Hallelujah. Our salvation is not a prayer point that we prayed and God answered and he saved us. So salvation is not an answer to what? To prayer requests. So also forgiveness cannot be an answered prayer. Are we together? Now I know I'm trading on a very sensitive part of our doctrines and our belief system. That we pray and we ask God to forgive us. He has already forgiven you. So you enjoy the forgiveness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if God forgives you because you ask, it simply means that it's something you did, that's why he forgave you. So it means that if you don't ask for forgiveness, it means that God has not forgiven you. So you mean God's forgiveness is hinged on your asking. What about all the things you did that you don't even know that were wrong? It means that the record is, is still, you have a record of bad. That's what it means. Hallelujah. So forgiveness is a gift that we receive from God, even without asking. Hallelujah. So God gives to those who doesn't deserve it. So you are worthy of his giving. That's what I'm trying to establish here. Amen. You are worthy of what? Of God's giving. You are worthy of God's giving. You deserve God's giving because he gives to those who don't deserve it. That's what qualifies you to be a candidate of his giving. Hallelujah. So don't say, oh, I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. That's why you're a candidate of his giving. I don't know whether I'm making sense here. Hallelujah. Good. 
So Jesus met the Father as the example of our giving. Giving Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, quickly. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Jesus here making reference to God as the example for giving. He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor, your fellow man. And hate your enemy. But I say to you, love is unselfishly love that is unselfishly sick. Give me, give me NKJV, please, so that it will be faster. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. The next verse. That you may be the sons of who? Of your father in heaven. For he does what? He makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. This is the character of God. What does he do? He makes his son to rise on the evil and also he who is good. So also we should take, we should operate from this character and this character. This personality, this character of God is in us because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Hallelujah. So we have the ability, we can we can do these all things here, right? We can we can we can we can we can love our enemies, we can give to those who don't deserve it because our God, as his character, gives to those who don't deserve it. Hallelujah. He makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you. What reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Now, the tax collectors here are regarded as sinners, the unsaved, those who have not come to know, those who don't even know, know God at all. Unbelievers love each other. Hallelujah. They do the things you, they, I know some of us here, we used to go and drink. I learned that there's no any place that is as generous as a Biapalo. You can go there and get drunk even without money. Because they know that next time when you have money, you will get everybody drunk. Hallelujah. So if your giving is to those who are of your own company, those whom you love, what makes that giving special? What makes that giving unique? What set you apart as a child of God? What set you apart? You know, what makes you different from the unbelievers? That's what he's saying here. They even they do that too. Hallelujah. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? The next verse is, yeah. And if you greet your brethren only, hmm, what do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? They show pleasantries and greetings and love one to another. So what makes yours different? Hallelujah. Verse 48, the last verse here. Therefore you shall be perfect. Just as what? As your father is perfect. Your father in heaven is perfect. So our conduct as believers should come out of our nature as children of God. Amen. We are to do more than what just unbelievers do. Hallelujah. It's to unselfishly, ungrudgingly give. Give love. The generous nature of all the character of God is our nature, therefore, we what we must live and give like Him. Our reasons for giving and how we give must reflect our nature as the children of God. 
you know the way the unsaved gives must be different from the way we believers gives hallelujah Luke chapter 6 verse 27 Luke chapter 6 verse 27 earlier on we read verse 37 and 38 give me 37 and 38 and we'll go back to 27 and see the story at 7 and 38 yes it says judge not and what and you shall not be judged condemn not and you shall not be condemned forgive and what and you will be forgiven give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaking together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you hallelujah now is this the kind of giving or the response that a believer should do amen does this define the kind of giving of god oh you don't understand it's not about do me i do you hallelujah that is not the character of god so it would therefore mean that this verse is not for the believer give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use will be, will be what will be measured back to you if you take this verse here and you run with it you'll be in error because you neglect the conversation from verse 27 now let's go back to verse 27 and look at the conversation verse 27 now this is what God, jesus was teaching the disciples here he says but i say to you here love your enemies do good to those who hate you hallelujah do that sound similar with what is in verse 38 no it seems as though it's a contradiction with verse 38 hallelujah verse 27 28 bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you which means that you're not giving to them in equal measure to what they are measuring it back to you hallelujah so if we interpret that verse as our conduct then it simply means that it's contradictory hallelujah so look at verse 28 it says bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you you pray for them you don't respond to them based on the evil they did to you so it's not with the same measure that they measure that you measure back to them hallelujah verse 29 to him who strikes you on the other on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your clock, do without do with do not withhold your tunic either. 30. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. He's talking about generosity here. The conversation here is talking about generosity. It's not literally that they slap you, you don't know that cheek. If they slap you here, you run away hallelujah so he's talking about generosity our our conduct in giving in showing love to people hallelujah give to everyone who asks of you and from him who takes away your goods do not ask of them back talking about lending there i say and just as you want men do to you you also do them likewise but if you love now look at the conversation here but if you love those who love you what credit is that to you for even sinners love those who love them 33 and if you do good to those who do good to you what credit is that to you for even sinners do the same 
34. And if you learn to those from whom you hope to receive back, who are those that learn with the hope of receiving back? That's a norm in the society. That's what even unbelievers do. They give with the hope of receiving back. So if you as a believer learn to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners learn to sinners to receive as much back. It's a business transaction. I give you and then you give me back with interest. What difference are you from the sinners? But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of who? You will be the sons of the Most High, which means that you are able to display the real character of who your father is. Because that is his nature. He gives without condition. For he is kind to what? Go back, go back, go back, go back. He is kind to what? The unthankful and evil. I gave her this and she didn't even say thank you. Therefore, I will not give her again. He didn't even appreciate what I did to him. Therefore, I will not give. This is not the character of God. Hallelujah. Therefore, be merciful, just as what? Just as your father also is merciful. Now, verse 37 is a contrast of everything we read from verse 27 down to what? To verse 36. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is talking about the people in the world. This is the character of, this is what the people in the world do. Hallelujah. So our giving is not conditioned to, what, to, to, to people's action to us. We give them generously. Because the nature of our father is that he gives generously without, without, without looking at reproach. Without looking at you know, benefit or unbenefit. No. You give with the recipient at heart. Not your interest. Hallelujah. So next time when you cut this scripture, it's not for, it's not for giving offering. In fact, it's not even for meditation. So that you apply in your life. Give and be given back to you. Shaking together. Hallelujah. I pray that God is helping our hearts. So as I said, verse 37 to 38 is talking about men. Men give as a response to an action. But God gives without expecting anything. So verse 37 and 38 is a comparison to verse 35 to 36. Moving down. Hallelujah. So how do we interpret Matthew 6 verse 12. Talking about the character of God. He says, forgive and you shall be forgiven. Right? That was what we read from Luke. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Which hinge your forgiveness to you forgiving others. Is that the character of God? Did, did God? did he receive forgiveness because you forgive others? Amen? Matthew 6 verse 12. Give me Matthew 6 verse 12. What we call our Lord's Prayer. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This would therefore mean that if I don't forgive you, God will not forgive me. Which means, right, that the character of God is a God, God whole grudge. Which will mean that what? That God is not perfect. Which would mean that in God, unforgiveness is sin, right? And if God does not forgive me, it means that there is sin in God. That is what it's meaning. It means that evil exists in God. Because God will withhold forgiveness because I didn't forgive others. 
Now, this understanding will not be in, cons in consistence with the biblical truth about the character of God. Give me First John chapter 1 verse 5 quickly. We'll see, First John talk about God being a righteous God. First John chapter 1 verse 5. This is a message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So if unforgiveness can be found in God, it simply means that God has darkness in him. Hallelujah. So we are not forgiving him so that we will receive forgiveness. No. Hallelujah. I know this is a popular understanding we have and this is a popular translation we see in English translation. But we have already been forgiven, therefore we forgive others. Hallelujah. So our forgiving others is not so that we will receive forgiveness from people, from God. No. Amen. Then it will distort the character and the nature of God and that is not God. While you were yet a sinner, he died for you. That death he died for you is that he has forgiven your sins. What did you do to end that? Amen. Hallelujah. So he has forgiven us, so we forgive. Forgiveness, as I said earlier on, is not an asset to prayer. Forgiveness is a gift. We don't pray for forgiveness. We receive forgiveness because it has already been given to us. So we enjoyed all the things that Christ has made available for us. And his forgiveness is fundamental here. Hallelujah. Grace is what defines God's giving. If I can just do this, we'll, we'll finish for today. Grace defines God's giving. Grace is what defines God's giving. John chapter 3 verse 16. John chapter 3 verse 16. Quickly, give me that passage. We'll see how grace is what defines God's giving. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave. His, his, his demonstration of love is in giving. Amen. His demonstration of love towards us is that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. God loves the entire human race. Not only Christians alone. Hallelujah. He loves every human being upon the face of the earth. And he gave to all men his son. That whosoever believes receive this forgiveness and have eternal life. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 looking at the character of God the character of God's giving that is defined that grace is what defines God's giving. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 for by grace you have been what you have been saved through faith and that of that not of yourselves it is a gift of God. Verse 9 not of works let anyone, lest anyone should watch, should bust. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, what did Christ do for, did for us? He died for us. Hallelujah. So, grace is a definition of God's giving. It means that he gives to an undeserving person. He gives without works. He gives without, you know, his, his giving is not a response to an action we did or an inaction. Hallelujah. His giving is sponsored by his love towards us. 
Amen. Now with the understanding of who our father is, we must be like him in our giving. We must be like him what? In our giving. Because we have his nature in us. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 and 2. We have the nature of God in us. We have the character of God in us. We have the ability and the power of God in us. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory. Am I reading the right? Is it Ephesians, not Romans, sorry. Ephesians 5, not, not Romans. Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Yes, therefore be imitators. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Of God as their children. And walk in love as Christ also loved us. And what? And giving himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Time will not permit me to begin to explain what that imitate is. Hallelujah. But we are not trying to copy what we are not. Amen. We are living our nature as a children of God. Hallelujah. So that imitate simply is not asking us to do what we don't have. It's asking us to do what we are already. Hallelujah. So our God is a gracious God. We must give graciously like him. Christian giving is not a transactional giving. We'll go detailly into that next time. It's not the giving so that we'll receive. Hallelujah. Therefore, we are not giving to God to get. God gives first. He gave us everything. And so from what he has given us, we give. The giving that believers are called to do is a sacrificial giving. The gracious giving, just as God himself has given to us. Hallelujah. Now I want to encourage you to go back with all these things you've had today. Go back and search the scriptures again and see if these things I've said today are true. Hallelujah. It is your responsibility to do what? To go back and search the scriptures. Listen to this teaching again. Open your Bible and open, check scriptures upon scriptures. That is how we grow. Don't just receive anything at face value and believe and run with it. Of course, be humble to receive. Are we together? Have an open heart to receive, but you have more obligation to go back to do what? To study to show yourself a proof. So if questions are rising in your heart, ideas and ideologies are, are countered with what I've preached today, you have responsibility to do what? To listen again. Be humble to sit down and study. If you have questions, you can meet us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I trust God as we go on, we get deeper and we have clearer understanding in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the exposition of your word. Thank you, Lord, because of your mercy and your grace and your spirit that you've given to us. We ask, O oh Lord, to help us to continually live by the truth that is enshrined in your word. Whenever we come to scriptures, Father, give us light. Give us understanding. Illuminate our hearts. May we understand who you are and may we live with a revelation of who we are in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.